podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Paul, it's been Liverpool top of Wolves, Palace outlast City at the Empty Head, leaving Jurgen's Reds four points clear at Christmas. We got a lot to get through here on this edition of the Anfield Rant, and helping me do so is none other than Anfield Index's Swiss Army knife, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Guy, first off, thanks for joining me today, man. And secondly, how the heck are you feeling after that pair of massive results this weekend? It's a good Christmas, isn't it, Mando? I mean, good God, what? What a weekend it's been so far. Oh, I mean, firstly, our game, I mean, just proper professional job done. And this afternoon has just been, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, Roy Hodgson, Mamadou Sacco, the heroes that they deserve to be now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man, without a doubt. I was thinking about you when Mamadou was uh, securing those points for us because I know that you're, you know, you've championed for him for a long time. Oh God, yeah, God. I mean, who who didn't who didn't love him back in the day? Oh, I can understand why people went off him, obviously, but God, <laughs> he was such a character. Man, let's jump right in. Let's talk about Wolves. Uh, let's talk about what you liked and what you didn't like. I mean, for me, we could start off by talking about Naby Keita should never play on the left ever, ever, ever again. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the only negative you could probably pick out of the game. I mean, we had a couple sloppy moments and sloppy performances, it's fair to say, but. Um, yeah, Naby Keita, I mean, his Liverpool career started off so well, but since he came back from injury, I mean, he's played a couple games. I mean, who who's it played on the left wing quite well against? Was it Bournemouth? And people think it maybe thinking it, it might be a role to get him more settled in the team. But, I mean, since then, he's not... It, it was, Well, it was firstly, I don't think it was a season-defining performance for him in that game, but, I mean, he's just not looked... He's just not looked that natural on that side and you can just really see that he is a midfielder and I think we've already seen that in, especially in the early parts of the season I just I just don't really see the point because he's not really doing a defensive job because he's not really tracking the wing back or full back whatever system we're playing against and he doesn't seem to get involved as much as you think he would um, and I, I didn't really watch Leipzig at all because I mean if it's not a team I watch which is normally Premier League I don't tend to go out of the way to watch them because I'd rather have a blank slate when they come in and all I heard was this marauding midfielder who can do a bit of everything, and I've not really seen that, especially the well, this middle period of the season, I suppose. So yeah, he just looks really uncomfortable there, and he just doesn't get involved as much as I'd like. I agree, man. I think for me, it's uh, he's a central midfielder. He he, you know, he's a dynamic player. We've seen that in glimpses, and I, you know, I checked out a little bit of him in the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, I check it out from time to time. We get a lot of good coverage of the Bundesliga out here in the U.S. So, for me, I kind of know what I expect. Uh, he just hasn't really hit full gear uh, just yet. You know, he hasn't really gotten to that level, and it takes time. It takes time. We've seen this time and time again with people coming in uh, from outside of the Premier League tend to take a little bit of time to adapt to the physicality. He's had some injuries. All these things kind of uh, have stagnated the way he's he's developed or gotten 
acclimated to everything going on at Liverpool. But uh, all in all, I mean, those glimpses are, are wonderful. And you can see that he's a wonderful player. And when he gets it and it all starts to click, he's going to be massive for us. Uh, you know, as far as the Wolves' performance, like you said, there were some sloppy performances. Dejan Lovren got put on his ass a few times. Uh, Milner did a, sh- p- p- you know, Put it, put it on a decent shift out of position. You know, it's what you'd expect mm. from James Milner. He, Henderson was not uh, as much of a passenger as he usually is. I got to give him credit where it's due. I thought he played well. But but the stars have to be Fabinho, uh, Virgil, and then and, and, and Mo. I mean, they have been making us click for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Van Dijk and Salah especially, you just expect it every week. And, uh, <laughs> well, I do, I do some... I, well, I do most of the images for all the articles on the site. And I said to Gags after the game, I mean, if Fabinho keeps up this form, we're going to need more Fabinho images because he's just going to, it's just literally going to be a picture of him on the Anfield Index site for all the articles. And it's kind of true because apart from the Arsenal game where everyone played badly, well, or a bit sloppily, especially in midfield, he's pretty much been man of the match or one of the men of the match in every game he's played this season. And he's continuing that form. I mean, he's probably... Def, top four at worst last uh, last night, probably top three, and it, it, it's just stupid. I mean, I, I think everyone, if we go back to the Kater stuff, I think everyone is expecting Kater to come in and have such a huge impact straight away, and then Fabinho kind of took ages to settle, didn't see him at all, really, pretty much the same we saw with Ox last season, and now that, I don't even think he's settled, there's probably more to come, and well, he's already shown to be such an all-round midfielder that I just didn't expect. I, I asked this on Faceoff last week. Like, I thought he was just some big, horrible bastard DM, and he just does everything. He's got a certain level of class that I just didn't expect. And I think everyone compares whatever DM we get, especially in modern times, to to your Mascarano. But he's like he's like a good mix of all our midfielders from the Rafa era. You can see parts of Gerard, you can see parts of Alonso, and you can see parts of Mascarano. And I mean, Fabinho might be one of the most underrated signings of the summer from from the wider media because nobody talks about him. You get idiots saying that Granite Xhaka is getting our team ahead of him and stuff like. It's like God. I mean, wait till he's actually settled. He's going to destroy this league. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't disagree with you. He's really impressive. Like you said, he, he you know, he's well-rounded. He's he, he's great at tackling. He's great at managing the space. Uh, you know, he cleans up the messes in front of the defenders. You see the passing ability he has. He's been perfect in pens his whole career uh, in Ligue 1. And, and, and he's just a quality, quality player with, with just so much flair that, that, you know, you'd expect from a Brazilian, but not necessarily from a DM. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could probably tell. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he played right back most of his career. And, well, we saw that in the call last night. It was literally him playing right back. And, yeah, I mean, you could probably compare him to Fernandinho, who's obviously another Brazilian DM in the league. And <laughs> he's just kind of not, he's just, something extra to Fernandinho in that in that sense that like he just it well, he's bigger he's stronger probably better defensively maybe not as as slick on the ball but I mean he's 24 got certain level of skill that you'd expect from every South American player in the world <laughs> and uh, I, I've, I've just missed a defensive midfielder for about 10 years now and I'm absolutely giddy that we've got one who could do everything I love it <laughs> yeah man we've been clamoring for this player for a long time and we finally have him it feels it feels fucking good 
to be quite honest. All right, man. No, uh, and let's uh, move on to, to, you know, Virgil's performance, all-around performance. Uh, apparently, he was under the weather. He could have fooled the shit out of me because he was just dominant as usual. Uh, that goal, though, uh, the ball was absolutely phenomenal from Mo, but that finish was just absolutely sublime. Uh, Virgil van Dyke, the man of the moment for us, and, and really, uh, he's changed the trajectory of Liverpool Football Club since he arrived a year ago. Oh, I mean, he must be one of the most important signings in our history. I mean, obviously, I mean, there'll be people talking about uh, Sooness, your Kenny's and all that. But, it, I mean, especially in modern history, he must be up there in terms of signing. Obviously, Suarez, you could probably say, didn't win anything. Gerard obviously came through. And you, you just think, I mean, it, it might be something that people on Twitter could respond to is, is there a signing that you could point and say he's been more important than Virgil van Dijk? Because he took, he's not single-handedly, because I think we were improving anyway before he got here, but he's just took us onto a completely new level. And that level is from fourth to one of the best teams in Europe. Let, let's be honest. I mean, we kind of got embarrassed in, in the Champions League and you could see the weakness. I know people say Carrius threw a couple in his own net, but I mean, the midfield was embarrassed that night. But you look now, um, van Dijk, best centre-back in the world at the minute. I mean, there's not, I can't think of anyone. People point Koulibaly, whatever, but Van Dijk's definitely up there. Central midfielders, Naby is probably one of the best, or was thought of as one of the best young ones. Fabinho one of the, was thought of as one of the best DMs in Europe. And Mo Salah, I mean, we're going to talk about him in a sec. He, he must be one of the best wide. He must be probably the best wide forward in the world. It's probably between him and Neymar. Um, discounting Messi because he's not human um, and yeah Van Dijk started that he was probably the first he must have been the first marquee signing that you could think okay he is he's, he was world class at Southampton but he just didn't have the stage at Southampton if you get what I mean and since then um, obviously Salah's grown a world class player we bought Allison, who was a world class player and yeah, it's it, he was he's pretty much the start of this world class player. I mean, him more than Allison, they were our three world class players for me. Virgil's making a very good case for himself to be, uh, you know, Players Association Player of the Year, Footballer of the Year. I mean, and and we haven't seen that since Steve Nichol, I think, mm -hmm. way back in the day, and 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 it's fully deserved. I don't think anybody can can question it. You know, there was a quote Troy Deeney had a quote about him how much he hated playing against Virgil van Dijk earlier this year and then at the end he says and you know, and you hate him and he smells good. And that's the worst part. He's so <laughs> elegant. He's wonderful. He seems like uh such an organizer of that team and yeah, him and Allison together and with Fabinho ahead of them, it's 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 going to be a tough task for a lot of years for a lot of teams going forward in Europe, man. And and it's just something that we've really been lacking and it's not just the the physicality it's not just the footballing skill it's it's also the leadership it's also the the organization the the, the communication uh he's not afraid to get in somebody's ass he's not afraid to get in somebody's face push his own team around and and really do the things that we've been missing uh, i think for a little while man at least since gerard left and even even then i think he needed some help in those in those uh in 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 the leadership and in, in the things he did that's why Carragher was such a big piece for for uh to help stevie in his career i think that they did a good job of managing together and i think for us we've been missing that i think since stevie left and we haven't had that uh, you know no offense or nothing to say poorly about 
Henderson, but I mean, he's not that vocal. He's not somebody that that's really out there directing traffic during the game. When things get tough, you don't see him grab it by the scruff and make it happen. Uh, I think we're seeing that now. We're seeing these players take things into their own hands. We're seeing them really lift each other up and really get each other uh, uh, going. And it's 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 nice to see. It's refreshing to see because we haven't had that for a while. And uh, yeah, man, I think like you said, Virgil was the first that set this trajectory off or, or really set us into this new height this new realm this this other class and that's that's at the at the big boys table in europe and uh it's good to be back uh you know you've seen this clip online about how uh every team in spain wanted to avoid drawing us in in the champions league 16 Mm. and that's just uh you haven't heard that in a long time people are scared of liverpool football club and they very well should be because uh we're just getting started yeah i mean i i kind of well, I probably grew up in the end of the Hooli era, but uh, I mean, properly growing up, it was the Rafa era. And that that feeling I had as a kid growing up is that in Europe, Liverpool were probably one of the most feared teams, especially in a two-legged tie. I mean, <laughs> Rafa Benitez, he must, he must, in that 2005 to 2009 um period we must have been one of the most feared teams in Europe unfortunately we didn't match it with the success that we deserve apart from Istanbul obviously but after that we we deserve so much more and it it kind of feels like that but on a different level now obviously Rafa was all all about organization whereas this team now we have now we have the squad now we have a better first team um, and we we're just we're just waiting we're just waiting for the cup success that this team deserves because I don't want this team to go down as one of the one of the best that never did it. I mean we we Liverpool's probably the top three teams who've done that. I mean we've had thirteen, fourteen, oh eight or nine and I'm sure a few others. And um, this team deserves the lead because I mean you you look at it if, if everyone's fit, there the really isn't a weak spot in it. And it's um it's probably the first time in my life I've said that. I mean, you could probably, yeah, I'd, even even if a couple of injuries. I mean, Lovren. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit slagging him off, but he's probably he's a very good third or fourth choice. I, I, I think that's fairly obvious. Um, Trent's probably the weakness, just because he's a bit younger. But it, for me, he's he's got the most potential in that position in in the world. I it it it's only going to get better. There is no weakness in this team and as we said when we were talking about the two midfielders, Kate has not done anything yet and we've seen little signs of him what he can do. That that's terrifying. As I said, Fabinho has the potential to just take this league by storm. He's only played a basically a handful of games in the grand scheme of things. And I mean, this season alone, I think Salah's probably the only forward who's clicked, I think it's fair to say. I mean, Bobby hasn't reached his top level, and Mane is doing, he's doing it in spits and spats. I mean, we've we've still got another level to go, and that's terrifying. We're already top of the league, and we haven't lost a game in the league. Obviously, we've been poor away in Europe, but we are now back at the top, t- dining at the top table, as you said, and it's a great feeling. It's a feeling I grew up with, and I, I, just, it's. We went through some dark times. I mean, with Roy Hodgson, our new hero, <laughs> um, and uh, Kenny and and Brendan. Um, it it was it it. We had thirteen, fourteen. Other than that, it was it was mostly dark times. Um, and now you just you you kind of forgot about all that. We've got the perfect manager. 
Okay, the owners cause a bit of debate, but I think most people forget about that now, apart from some weirdos. Um, and we, everything seems so harmonious now, and it, it, it's almost we're almost exemplary in how to run a football club. I mean, it'd be great if we could offer everyone three hundred grand a week, but we can't, and we're still we're still one of the best teams in Europe. <laughs> That's brilliant. It just shows. Jurgen Klopp, Michael Edwards, the the owners, it, it's run, it's running so near perfectly. And if we if we get the rewards we deserve this season, it is perfect. No, that's just it, man. I mean, you know, and then we secured our front three, you know, the most dynamic front three in the world, mm. uh, you know, with no release clause for the next five years. That's unheard of in this day and age. Like these are these guys are just really, really know what they're doing. Like you said, we're we're becoming an exemplary way to, to run a football club, and it's long overdue. I think, like you said, after those dark times, Hicks and Gillette, even the start to FSG was a little bumpy, but here we are, and uh, it, it's it's just wonderful to see. Uh, but we. You, you mentioned Mo and Mo being one of the only ones uh, hitting his top form. And that's just recent. I mean, he, he, you know, one season wonder Mo Salah didn't get off to the hottest start that you would expect. Some, some of the chances that he was burying last season just weren't coming off. And uh, we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that confidence back. We're starting to see him take on these players. Kalabli, who you said was one of the most, uh, is one of the best defenders in the world, got turned around by Mo. Uh, and we saw that again uh, this weekend. Fabinho's pass was wonderful, but that cheeky outside of the foot flicked to, to, to just get it into the goal was was wonderful as well. That's a sign of a confident player. That's a sign of a, of a lethal finisher, and uh, it's a it's a great time to start hitting that form. Oh yeah, I mean we saw it last season as well. He really just went from a good player to top three in the world after Christmas, Disney. And if he does that again, I mean, oh god, <laughs> he, uh, he is he is one of the more the biggest bargains in. In the history of football, thirty odd mil, thirty five odd million, whatever the hell we paid for him. I mean, we paid an Andy Carroll for him. I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's um, oh, I mean, more so that if he's not exceeded everyone in the world's expectations, uh, God, uh, he he's he's been. I think he's fair to say he's been robbed of. Ballon d'Or worthy season. I mean, I think Messi should win the Ballon d'Or every year, and obviously they give it to Modric this year. I mean, if Salah won the Champions League, he probably still wouldn't have got it, and that that's pretty sad because he's he broke a, 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 a not a, I think it's a fifteen odd year record with the thirty two goals in the Premier League season. He he beat that, albeit only by one. And then he he dragged a Liverpool team that had no business. I know we had a pretty easy run into the Champions League final, apart from Man City, but he dragged us there. He put on one of the best performances by an attacker since we've seen from Suarez in in that Roma game. And he is he must be one of the most feared players in Europe. It it's <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, we've got him, we've got Allison, we've got Van Dijk, and I mean outside of Messi. I wouldn't trade him for anyone. I mean, you've got your Neymars. I mean, Mbappe is going to be a freak. But Salah, I mean, he's, I think he's 25, 26. And he's, what, scored 33 in his first Premier League season. Already, I think he's second in the top goal scorer because Aubameyang scored a couple a day. I mean, he's, he's not... He he does play a striker more nowadays, but he's still playing on the right a fair bit, and that's terrifying. I mean, you could probably not had that this dangerous a wide man since Ronaldo was in the Premier League. 
and we all know what Ronaldo's gone on, gone on to do uh, after twenty five, twenty six. It, it's just, it's just terrifying. And if we keep Salah long term, I mean, we we will have big trophies in the future. Yeah, man, and that's just it. You know, keeping these players long term, like Mo, like Bobby, like Mane, it, it it feels like I don't have that feeling of like anxiety this Dread. January. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Even if we do no business as far as incomings, that's fine. Like. I have no dread the Coutinho, the Suarez, the, the 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 Fernando Torres. All these moments of like you know this shit's coming and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. It's like enjoy it while it lasts because you're gonna be really bitter later, like an ex girlfriend that did you dirty. It's one of those fucking moments, right? And I don't feel that anymore. Like it's it's just it's a peace of mind. It's a you know you, you follow social media has given us such a good peek behind the scenes nowadays of, of of everything that goes on the club training everybody's smiling constantly uh Jurgen's giving the best press co- or the, his press conference are always positive always in a way that and, and I mean what is there really to, to complain about right but at the end of the day it's just like you said earlier it's just so harmonious and such it's such a good vibe going on and and, and the fact that keeping these guys happy and keeping these this unit together and you could see that they're happy playing with one another you could see from from your best player Mosala you know Bobby Firmino all the way down to a fan favorite like you're and mine Alberto Moreno they just have such yes. a good camaraderie and such a good understanding of each other and genuinely enjoy each other and and for me and and that goes for Jurgen too you see how much these guys are willing to go out there and fight for him you see what or you hear what these players are saying like Shakiri saying how important he is to the decision to come here and how much he's wanted to play for him and these guys will just run through a wall with, for him the way he brings up the young players Joe Gomez uh, uh Trent the way he's he's embraced that the culture of the club this is just such a fucking beautiful moment in the history of Liverpool Football Club but like you said we need to we need to ensure that there are titles throughout this era because if not it's gonna be one of those again and we've known those far too often like you said man but but guy let's move forward because we could talk about this all day long we could talk about mo and and bobby and all these guys all day long but let's look ahead uh boxing day we got newcastle it's another tricky fixture newcastle hasn't been good they haven't been uh you know they're not attacking. They're not that menacing a team. They don't put fear in your heart, but the Premier League is tricky all the time. We saw that today as Roy did the business against City. What are your thoughts about uh, Rafa's team? What are your thoughts about who who on that team really gives you a worry, if anybody? And uh, how do you think that goes for us? Uh, you see a lot of rotation of the, of the squad. What do you think uh, Jurgen's thinking right now? I think we have to rotate. I mean, it just makes sense. Obviously, we got Arsenal, and Man City after the Newcastle game. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to rest Robertson because I think it's fair to say he didn't have his best game against Wolves, and he had a pretty. He didn't have a. He didn't have a bad game. I think he just. He, he against a player like Adama Traore, he, he obviously doesn't have much end product. But I mean, I imagine he's the most tired. frustrating footballer in the world. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker. Golly, yeah. man. He, I imagine, even if it wasn't a game of football and there was no ball, he would just that would probably make him the best player in the world if there was no ball. <laughs> He'd be terrified. Um, but I mean, he's probably tired. He played pretty much every game, bar one in the league, I think, and one in the league cup. So yeah, rest Robertson. I'd probably like Klein to come back in because I, well, I don't like Milner at right back, and 
I, I think it's fair to say he needs to be protected because when when he's been overplayed, ne- never mind last season. I mean, he only played about half half a season last year, and even this season, we've already seen that he tires quite quickly. He obviously started the season on fire, but he's not been the same since, and you have to put that down to tiredness, I imagine. So I'd probably trade swap the fullbacks round. Midfield always gets rotated, so I imagine Ginny will come back in because he pretty much plays 95% of the games and obviously didn't start against Wolves. Um, and then it's just a question of who you put with Ginny. Fabinho, it depends if you want him for both Arsenal and Man City. Um, Milner probably not go back in midfield, but uh, with Kater with his injury, I doubt he'll play straight away. So I think it's between Fabinho and Henderson. I'd like to say Fabinho could probably play all of them because, I mean, as we said, he's a freak. <laughs> so I'd say Fabinho and Ginny in midfield and then maybe sub Fabinho if he's played a bit too much, uh, hopefully if we're winning. And then I'd like to see Sturridge. I mean, this might be a bit too much rotation, but we do have two huge games afterwards. But I'd probably say Sturridge for... Hmm. I'd probably say Sturridge and Shakiri for Firmino and Mane. I think we need... I think. Obviously, we've just championed how good the squad is, but I think we are still very dependent on more Salah for goals and assists, especially at the moment. So I don't think we can afford to rest Salah. Hopefully, if we score a few early goals, we can sub him off early. But I I, I don't want to not play without Salah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone through that a bit quickly, but uh, Shaq, Salah, Sturridge, that's pretty much good enough for most teams in the Premier League. And never mind our second choice and a bit of rotation. and then pick a couple of midfielders and then just swap the fullbacks and I think we're good to go. But in terms of Newcastle's actual dangers and stuff, they're quite a big team. Obviously, I think they're playing three at the back, which suits us. Um, but in terms of attackers and stuff, I just don't really have much, especially against the play- if if Virgil van Dijk is playing. I hope to God he is. Um, Rondon probably suits. Uh, um, Vir- Virgil van Dijk suits every striker but I imagine Rondon is tailor-made um, but outside of that I mean Kennedy can do some mad stuff um, but doesn't really do it often enough or at all compared to his talent level and outside of that they're just a very industrial team and that that's what Rafa is. I mean, he he doesn't have he doesn't have the sprinkling of magic he had at our team and well, obviously not because he's a, a very annoying uh, Newcastle team that should be a lot more better threat um, and they, they they should be brilliant and it's the fact that they have one of the best managers in the league and are still struggling a bit is just a bit disgusting but no I mean they don't really have anything that scares me it's just they're very well organised defensively and have a decent amount of pace and strength so I imagine just protect ourselves at set pieces and we should be grand I imagine this is a lot like I, I actually mentioned this to Tom Holmes uh, on the podcast last week, and that's just we just have to focus on ourselves. I mean, this is one of those trap games looking ahead at Arsenal or looking ahead at City that, that you know, you could fall into a bit of a looking too far ahead type of situation. So it's all about us taking care of our business. Everything, especially with the result uh, at the empty hat today, it, it's just all about taking care of our business and making sure that, uh, you know, we dot our I's and cross all our T's and, and, and taking care of, especially these industrial teams, these, uh, you know, lower sides in, in the division because we just need to, as Simon Brundish has said year after year, is beat the dross and you win the league. And uh, it's it's feeling like this is that type of year that we're taking care of these games and taking care of this business. And like you said, Rafa's always, uh, you know, 
he's always compact. He always has his teams well drilled. So so they'll be ready as far as defensively. But we just have, like you said, Sturridge. That even with the rotation, Sturridge, Shaq, uh, Ginny, it, it should be more than enough to take care of a team uh, that at especially with three at the back, like like Newcastle. So uh, yeah, we take care of that. We look forward to Arsenal, uh, who's kind of up and down right now you know what are your thoughts on arsenal real quick here guy you think that uh i mean they took care of business today ozil played uh, we haven't seen him in the premier league for a few weeks now what are your thoughts on arsenal or you know are you high on them are you i'm a bit of a i'm still not sure what they are type of situation is how i feel about arsenal yeah i think that's a perfect way of putting it to be honest um is they have a lot of talent. I mean, I really like Ozil. I'm probably one of the only people who does like Ozil, including Arsenal fans. Um, I, I think if, if you if you put him in the right system with the right players around him, he, he'd, he'd be still the most creative number 10 in the world. Um, and God, I just imagine him behind Salah. <laughs> good, good God. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're still terrible defensively. That's pretty obvious. Even if they had all the players fit, they're still terrible defensively. Not none of them can defend properly, um, and that's just what they are. I mean, they've improved very much so in the midfield. I mean, I like that Torreira kid. Um, obviously, impressed for Uruguay in the World Cup, and he's just continued that vein of form. Uh, he does remind me of Mascarano. I mean, he's pretty much his. He's pretty much built the exact same as him as well. Uh, does a bit more attacking wise, but um, he, he he's made a immeasurable difference to them uh, it's uh, so yeah I mean attacking wise they seem a bit they're obviously scoring a lot of goals but they seem slightly disjointed because they don't know whether to play Lacazette and Aubameyang together play Aubameyang on the wing play Mkhitaryan and Awobi behind one of them but I mean if the, if the, on paper Ozil, Lacazette and Aubameyang is probably the third best front three in the, in the country Possibly one of the best, just on paper. I mean, Ozil on his top form is probably one of the most unplayable players in the world. In the world, never mind the league. Aubameyang's just terrifying. Lacazette's probably the biggest question mark because I'm not sure how many people know how how or anyone knows how good he is. Really, obviously, he did very well in League One, um, but he's not. He's he's really struggled for consistency in England and. Um, if he can, if he can step up a level, I mean that'll probably propel Arsenal from a top four contender to a, a Tottenham, who are pretty much stuck in their own mini league of third. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, they're they're really weird. If they if they're going by a centre back or two in January, possibly let them settle in next year. I'd probably pencil them in as a top four absolute concrete top four team that's the only thing I mean I liked the new manager obviously he's caused Liverpool pain at Sevilla and um, PSG is pretty much a bit of a poison chalice and I think I think they've do, I think they've managed the post-Wenger part of Arsenal much better than Man United handled post-Fergie they, they had a plan they restructured properly and they found the manager who is he, he seems to have been a perfect transition manager, and you can see you can see a real future for Arsenal. But in terms of the now, they have quite a lot of vulnerabilities, and if if Salah especially is on form, I mean he he will do stupid things too. I mean imagine if Jacques is playing centre back against us. Oh God, um, it, it, 
things of dreams can be made of. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, if Xhaka's playing centre-back, I mean, good God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I quite like it. I'm, well, it's not a team I've always liked, but it's just one of them teams who are obviously a rival, but you just don't really feel that angry about. <laughs> um, they've never been a Chelsea or a United State uh, starters for me. So, yeah, I, I quite like them. They're fun to watch, and that's all I ask for from the rivals. Give me something entertaining to watch on the weekend. Yeah, man, I agree, you know, and, and, and you, you made a good point. United handled it terribly after Fergie left Van Gaal and Moyes and, and Mourinho, and they just, they weren't, that type of football wasn't conducive to what Manchester United was, or, you know, in their peak. And uh, during Fergie's time, they were creative, they were mm. gung-ho, and that just that just died real quick. Uh, and then and these guys, uh, Unai Emery plays this type of, the style of football that you would expect an Arsenal team to play. Uh, they're you know they try to pass the damn ball into the net and they're successful a lot of the time. Uh, and 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 it's fun to see. Like you said, they're entertaining to watch, but they do have their problems. And at that back and their goalkeeping situation isn't necessarily uh, something that worries me too much. If we can just take care of our business and take care of our chances, because I'm I'm positive that we're gonna have quite a few chances that day. Uh, we should be fine. We should take care of our business like uh. I think we need to just focus on is that just taking care of our business. Uh, but mm. yeah, man, I, you know, I think if we take care of that, we head into city um, on the 3rd of January, a big, big main event for uh, what would be this holiday season uh, in the Premier league. I, dude, we have a chance to be seven points clear. If we take care of our business after that game in city, seven points clear January 3rd, that would be fucking unbelievable. I, 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 what the fuck? Oh, don't. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Guy, we, we are four points clear at Christmas of the best team, or you're, I'm doing air quotes here, but the best team in Premier League history. Stop it. They're not even the best team in the league. They're not the best team right now. Guy, we're building something special, and you just, I don't know, man. You got to believe, guy. You got to. Oh, I think I'm I think I'm I'm damaged goods nowadays from thirteen fourteen. <laughs> oh dear. Uh I mean, yeah, I mean, if if we if we don't win this season, there is some voodoo bullshit going on. I mean <laughs> Rafa Rafa traded all our luck at Istanbul half time. If we lose this season, there is some bullshit curse. <laughs> oh god. I mean if we go seven points clear uh, oh Jesus! Uh, euphoria, uh, it, Dreamland, all all of the above. Any of any of a bullshit Disney marketing, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> um, oh God, it, that that game against Man City is it's going to be so huge. And the fact that we obviously have it, obviously we've got a good schedule wise, but I mean tough fixtures. Arsenal, we just no, don't overlook them. Get past them. And even we could probably cost their screws up today, and that's what they did screw up. We can afford a draw against Man City. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That yeah, <laughs> four points. Four points is still fucking huge. Right. If, the way that both of these teams are playing, the way we're playing, the way we're defending and not conceding goals at the back, the way Alice and Van Dyke, Fabinho has changed the way we view and approach football games. Guy, this is fucking doable. Oh god, yeah. I mean. The only, I mean, you said uh, you wouldn't be disappointed if we get anyone in January, but imagine we do. Imagine yeah. we go get 
imagine we go get a fak- our fakir, or actually get fakir. <laughs> it, it, it's just oh, the potential's unlimited in this team now. As you as you said, we've got no. We've got no bullshit in the background anymore, do we? We've got no, oh, Coutinho's going to fuck off to Barcelona one of these years, as you said. I mean, Salah may want to go to a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. They can't afford 400 and <laughs> they, can, they can get fucked. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Van, nobody else is got, nobody's going to pay 200 million for Van Dijk. <laughs> they can fuck off as well. <laughs> um, Oh, and yeah, this season, I mean, it, it just don't lose against Man City. If we win the two games before, it just don't lose v Man City. And then we've just got to do the business. I mean, what other tough fixtures have we got? Tottenham at home, I think. It's at home. And, yeah, we already yeah. played at Wembley, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we should be favourites to that one. Man United, I mean, I'm watching them now it's against Cardiff so I can't really learn anything they look better but they look very open so fuck them uh, <laughs> but outside of that we don't have too many tough games Chelsea's a bit of a fuck on but I mean again that's at Anfield as well so we do have we do have a few games that the Yeti had aside and, and the Emirates is that the Emirates? yeah um these these two these two games coming up they're probably our two hardest games remaining in the in the in the season outside the Champions League, um, so win these two, and we're in dreamland. I think that's I think I've got to go back to that back to dreamland. <laughs> I think we'll leave it there, guy. I think we'll leave it there on a positive and on a high, man. Thanks again for joining me, man. You got anything to plug, buddy? Um. One up uh, is I'm not sure if we're doing a new show until 2019, but we did our 2019 preview the other week. Uh, so do check out one up, and obviously there'll be face offs. I don't think there's going to be one for the Wolves game because it's Christmassy and all that. This can be the face off alternative for the Wolves game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just check out face off after every game. I hopefully get one for Newcastle. If not, I'll, I'll get one for the uh, two big games that we mentioned. Guy, thanks again for joining me. We're over the moon. We're in dreamland. We're going to stay there. Uh, everybody enjoy your Christmas. The, the, the Reds are top of the tree. So up the Reds, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Podcast Network.